Welcome to the Womb Happy Hour with Lorraine Giordano. It's time to connect with your feminine energy center, your own body, to achieve anything that your heart desires. It's a discussion about a place you may have not discussed so much, the place down there. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Giordano. Hello, welcome to the Womb Happy Hour. Hope you're having a great day. Excited to share some time with you. I'm your intuitive energy healer host, Lorraine Giordano. I'm passionate about talking about opportunities for ladies and the fellows too, to connect to healthful opportunities, especially related to down there. So I'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can connect with me on Facebook at inspired to health on Twitter. You can follow me at inspire the number two health and I'm on LinkedIn I'll spell it out, L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E, Giordano, G-I-O-R-D-A-N-O. So we have a lot to cover today. Uh, On today's show, we're focusing on the boob. And we're talking with the owner of a new revolutionary company, the lovely Jada Shapiro joins us to talk about her new company, Boober. And uh, it is the world's first on-demand in-person lactation support company. It's, um, it's where technology and postpartum support all come into an, a beautiful service. So please take a moment, because even if you're not, um, if you didn't just give birth, you probably know somebody that, that is about to give birth. So please check out Boober's website. It is get boober g-e-t-b-o-o-b-e-r.com and boober is also has a strong presence on social media so the jada shares a lot of helpful information so check out instagram and twitter and the handle is at get boober and then on facebook check her out at at boober So I also want to mention that Jada is also the founder of Birthday Presence, and it is New York City's longest-running childbirth preparatory classes and doula services. And so she provides a huge amount of support and resources. It's definitely worth checking out her website there as well. So Birthday Presence, I'll spell it out. Well, it sounds like it, it, it's spelled like it sounds. So it's Birthday Presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E dot com. And then the social media handles are at Birthday Presence for Instagram and Facebook. And then on Twitter, check out at Birthday P-R-E-S. All right. So let's talk about Boober. Jada, welcome to the show. So happy to have you on. Hi. So good to be here, and thank you for the lovely introduction. You're very welcome. Yeah. So tell listeners where you're calling in from. I'm calling in from Park Slope, Brooklyn, which is where we are based. Yeah. (laughs) We had a big day matching matching lactation people today. We had about six texts in the last couple hours. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, there are so many, so many new parents who are just beyond excited to have found the ability to connect with a lactation consultant on the same day. 
because for years this has been a really it's been a really big problem. And when you need breastfeeding help, if you're in that actual real like, oh my God, I'm having pain, my nipples are cracked and bleeding, or my baby's not getting enough, I mean that's a that's a serious on-demand need. And right now we're in the age of everything is on demand, right? Like I can get an on-demand dog walker, or get my makeup done, and all of that. That's great. But we really realized there was just such a void in this truly most needed time where people just were calling down the list of lactation consultants. And, you know, I still get texts where somebody's like, I called seven people and then I found you online and just trying it out. And and the texts after are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you found me somebody to come over to my house in three hours. So it's been really it's amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing. And it's so exciting. So yeah. what inspired you really? I mean, you kind of just touched on it, but like if you could go in a little deeper, like what inspired you to start Boober? And how did you come up with the name? Because it's the most <laughs> amazing, brilliant branding name I think ever. <laughs> oh my God, thank you so much. Um, no, you know, it, it was really funny. I was telling, it was originally called Breast Start, actually. Um, it started through my company, Birthday Presence. <clears throat> which has been around for about 15 years. And we were a childbirth education company. We still are, uh, teach childbirth classes, and we match people to doulas. But what started happening or what had been happening for years really is endless phone calls to our cell phone number or, you know, our business line, texts going, uh, can you help me find a lactation consultant? I just had the baby and I really need that. Um, and that was happening so much for people I ran into on the street, you know, because I, I kind of know every every baby in this neighborhood at this point. And people would come up to me and just say, I had the hardest part was breastfeeding. I just had no idea. And so over the years, I started really becoming educated about breastfeeding, and I became a certified lactation counselor. And at one point during a class, I think I, I just said, you know what, enough with this. I'm, I'm giving out my cell phone to everybody. People can text me instead of calling down the list, and I will find a great lactation consultant for them just to do that legwork. Um, and then pretty soon after the text started rolling in, people were texting my cell phone, my personal number all the time. And I said, oh, wow, there, there's really something in this. Like, people need this. And I would field the calls when I could myself as well as a certified lactation counselor. Um, but I don't actually hold the highest level of certification, which is the International Board Certified Lactation Consultant or the IBCLC. So then I would match them up to them, like I said, and, and, and pretty soon I just realized, yeah, we, we need to do this. This is, this is amazing. Um, so I was telling my friend about it, um, who's a midwife, and, and I said, you know, so it's like really fasting day. You know, the idea is somebody texts and, you know, the closest lactation consultant who's available and who's amazing can, can run right over. And she's like, you mean like Uber for boobs? Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. She goes, Boober. So I, I give my, my friend Tahiti that, that credit for coming up with it. And at first, to be quite honest, I was a little nervous about using it. I said, can I, can I really call my company Booper? I mean, I think it's amazing. And frankly, not a one person out there ever tells me that their breasts hurt. They all text. The initial text is, oh, my God, my boobs hurt. Or, my, you know, my nipple's really hurting and the baby's chomping on my boob. Or I call them and, you know, they're like, what do I do with these exploding boobs? Literally, nobody says the word breasts. And fascinating. So over the year that I was testing it through birthday presents and I would just tell all my students about it, right? And I was like, oh, the breast start visit, which I also liked, but they kept saying that. And I would, I would sit after my friend came up with that, you know, name and I would talk to these clients who I would help breastfeed. And, you know, I would say, so I've got this idea for the, for the name of this company. I'm going to really start a new thing. And what do you think, Boober? And everybody would either just crack up or, or like, oh my God, I get it. You know, it's perfect. So, Hundreds of people 
gave me the, the go ahead. Um, and so I said, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. And it, you know, people remember it. That's the best part. We just got a text from somebody and I always ask, you know, on our intake form, it's like, where did you hear about us? And she said, I don't know. Some, some parent told me they used Boober like seven months ago when I was barely pregnant and I remembered it. And I said, you know, there you go. So it's been, it's been pretty exciting. And it really is the the work of, it is about the boobs. I love how you, you said that, you know, and I said, let's just say it because that's how people are speaking. And I think, you know, to your point about your show and, and talking about down there, right. And talking about boobs, we're not, a lot of people still, the idea about breastfeeding and getting help and supporting people or even just breastfeeding on, uh, in public is still taboo to a lot of people. And so a lot of people aren't comfortable touching their own breasts and, and, and being familiar with how do I get the milk out? So one of the, one of the top reasons we get texted, uh, the most common reason is around day three to day four, when the full breast milk comes in, people get really, sometimes uh, they get quite engorged. And there's a pretty simple fix, which is to, you can use your hand. It's called hand expression. And, and you can actually milk yourself and really, you know, use that, these kind of massaging techniques to, to release the milk out of your breasts and get it a little softer so the baby can latch on. But it's not something that's taught at all. Um, you know, no, it's not. Of course. Yeah, no, it's wild. And so people don't realize that they can really just get in there and get the milk out, right? Everybody's like, well, I don't have a breast pump. And I'm like, okay, breast pumps are new, you know? They've been around, I don't know, actually when breast pumps came out. But we haven't had them forever. We do know that we did not have electric breast pumps, you know, a couple hundred years ago. Um, people just massaged and milked themselves. And it's really simple to do, actually. And I that's I kind of joke that I get hired all the time to go like, go milk people. I just saw my first cow milking this, you know, last summer, but I, I'm very familiar with, with milking people. So I think that if we could just get much more comfortable and I think saying boober and just being like, yeah, it's boobs. Cool. That's fine. It's a, it's our bodies, right? Like there's a whole sexualizing of, of breast boobs uh, and, and they can, you know, great. You can have two functions for a body part. Our mouths do more than just eat. Or they eat and they talk and they kiss, right? And so our breasts can nourish our our babies and they can also be sexual in other contexts and or not you know so i i think that we just need to really talk very straight about it and kind of be like yeah boobs here we are <laughs> i think you're so right and i think yeah the point of the show is to kind of talk about these things that don't get talked about enough so they become less let's say taboo or quiet so yeah. so brava to you for coming up with the name boober and, mm-hmm. and your friend you. <laughs> and for the service that you're providing because thank you so much so you're welcome um and and you've worked with um I think over 10,000 families right why do you think yeah. new moms have such a hard time with breastfeeding in America you know it's really it's interesting we we really do Americans have such a hard time breastfeeding and it's something that you know, I'm very hesitant to use the word natural sometimes because natural is a very loaded word. And um, and there's all sorts of, of things that we can say. And a lot of people, you know, don't want to breastfeed. Um, many people do. I would say that the numbers are, are, are changing. So we, we have to recognize that we're coming out of this historical context where in the, you know, in the 40s and 50s, especially when we were knocking everybody out in childbirth, which was very common, and just as a brief overview, kind of, you know, giving people this drug scopolamine, anesthetizing or ether, knocking them out, they weren't really 
present for birth. Um, then we immediately separated mothers from babies, and then we told them not to breastfeed. And that period of time, which is, you know, I guess a, a while ago now in the, in the 40s and the early 50s and up to the 60s, um, but we're still kind of healing, changing, coming out of that time period. So, like, my grandmother didn't meet my mother right away. Baby, who's my mom, wasn't wasn't placed in skin-to-skin contact, was separated. Um, you know, they, I don't know if she received this or not, but they did have medicines that they gave to, to women so that they could dry up their milk and the rise of formula at that time, you know, and all of this kind of was coming together. Um, and so for a couple generations, there was a real loss in like how breastfeeding works and what happens. And then as we get into the late 60s and, and the birthing movement kind of becomes, you know, more people start taking birth back and deciding they want to be more active in their birth. They want to be awake. They want to be present. They want to move around. They want to use, you know, different positions rather than just laying on their backs with their legs up in stirrups. And all of a sudden you have, you know, this movement that's getting much more activist about, about childbirth and, and natural foods and eating again and not just having, you know, TV dinners and packaged foods and canned foods and all of those things. And so we kind of start seeing the trend, you know, of people wanting to breastfeed going up and up and up. And, you know, now when I ask my prenatal breastfeeding class students, you know, it'll be a room of, of 18 or 20 people. And I ask how many people here were breastfed and they're, they're born in the, in the late seventies to through the eighties now, I guess. And, you know, it's, it's somewhere around 50%, like half, half, whereas, um, it used to be even less in my classes. And so we're seeing more people as they're getting you know, younger, um, more people were breastfed and the trend toward breastfeeding got more and more popular to the point now actually we are probably at the highest initiation rate um, in this country ever of breastfeeding and yet we still feel like everybody's saying, you know, that the science is out, the evidence is out, the American Academy of Pediatrics is saying breastfeeding is the optimal food for a human infant, um, you know, and of course it's still your choice and do what you want, but the American Academy of Pediatrics really has taken a stance where they're promoting breastfeeding because of all of the, the health benefits and the the um, the risk to not breastfeeding. All of that is clear, and we can talk about that a little bit later. And yet, but I, on so this everybody's note, saying they want to breastfeed, and everybody's telling you to breastfeed, but it's really hard for American women because, I, and I, I fundamentally believe I took a long way to say it, but the hospital practices have not caught up to what would support breastfeeding. So there's very simple things you can do. If you want that, you know, and on that help. note, yeah. Jada, we're going to have to take a yeah. break, but we'll be back okay. in two minutes and we'll pick up the conversation because the care in hospitals, I think that that's a huge topic. We'll be back in yeah, two minutes. Let's- Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Visit InspiredToHelp.net for help in feeling more grounded, centered, and relaxed using different energy healing tools. Lorraine Giordano works with women and men in person or via Skype or telephone sessions. You can sign up for a single session or try one of our discounted multi-session packages. We also offer three levels of Reiki classes. Find out more at InspiredToHelp.net. You can even book Lorraine for a workshop or speaking event. Visit InspiredToHelp.net today. 
Do you get a little nervous or hesitate to discuss topics down there that aren't talked about often? We hear you. Or are you curious to look at frequently discussed topics from a different perspective? Visiting inspiredtohealth.net opens up a whole world of discussion that you may not have known even existed. Lorraine Giordano offers a form of open and frank discussion about those seemingly unmentionable topics down below. Visit now, inspiredtohealth.net. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to the Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredtohealth.net. Now back to the Womb Happy Hour. Hi, everybody. We're back with Jada Shapiro, the owner of Uber, uh, an on-demand lactation support company. And I highly recommend that you check out our website and check her out on social media. This is such a valuable service to new new parents. Uh, and Jada just described a bit of it. And also, please check out Birthday Presents. Again, very important resources um, about childbirth preparation and doula services. So, ladies, there's a lot of support out there. There's resources. So please check it out. All right, Jada, welcome back. Yeah. Hi. Thanks. Hi. And um, before we went to break, you mentioned why breastfeeding is difficult in America. And you, and you, the main reason, I think, was related to hospital care. So can we kind of discuss that a bit more? Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more because I think if we can, there's some major things that we we could shift and make uh, the ability to breastfeed a lot easier in this country. Um, We also can do things that make it harder. And right now, a lot of our hospitals are unfortunately still in the direction of making it harder. So I think if we you know, one of the things that really contributes to an easier time with breastfeeding and lactation is uh, if parents become prenatally breastfeeding educated. So I do encourage all the expectant parents out there who are listening to take a breastfeeding class before you have a baby so you can learn what's normal because I'm going to kind of go through what's normal because if you know what's normal in early milk production, then you will confidently be able to say, I'm good. I have enough milk or you'll know the positioning and you'll know the things that can help you the first couple of days. Um, so one of the things that is fairly typical in most American hospitals today still is the routine separation from uh, of mothers and their babies. So all the evidence now, and we've done countless endless studies, um, but in this country, we still have to really advocate to give birth and then place our babies on our chests. Um, that's where that's where babies typically and traditionally have always gone, and in all, almost all cultures historically, you give birth and the baby comes out and you place it on your chest or your breast. Um, 
we know that right after birth, your chest area, if you've just given birth, the laboring person, uh, is one to two degrees warmer uh, than the average chest out there, um, which is pretty incredible. And the chest and the warmth there, the you know, the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, calls it the optimal fetal warmer, that being on the mother's chest. Um, actually helps regulate that newborn temperature. So that's pretty amazing and it keeps the baby calm. We know they have a lot less stress hormones. They don't cry as much. And so when babies are just placed in that skin-to-skin contact, and this is, of course, you know, we're first coming from a standpoint of provided that everything is fine with the baby, right? Um, Obviously, there are situations where the baby needs extra medical care, although a lot of medical care can be done on the chest. Sometimes it's not appropriate. And so we're really talking in an optimal situation where everything is fine. Um, If a baby can be placed in direct skin-to-skin contact and then left there until after the baby initiates breastfeeding. That really can help because babies actually drive breastfeeding, which is pretty amazing. They have this ability to do what's called the breast crawl. I highly recommend you go check out, go look up some videos of the breast crawl because that's really cool to see. Um, They do this slow kind of crawl up the body and toward the nipple like all mammals do, right? And it's something I had no idea that babies did, even though I knew mammals did that, right? I knew little puppies and kitties do it. So (laughs) why not us? Um, it turns out we do that too, provided that, um, you know, we keep us together and that the baby is kept warm and you can put a, you know, cover if you want on the baby, but in that skin to skin contact position, they're actually drawn toward the, the nipple and the areola and the colostrum, which is the early newborn milk, the initial milk, the, um, the very beginnings of newborn milk. It doesn't really look like breast milk. So that's another thing like people need to know. They don't have a lot of that and that's very normal. Um, the hospital doesn't always tell us that. I think a standard, I'll get a lot of texts from people who say, you know, they told me I just didn't have enough milk. A couple hours after the baby came out, the baby was fussing. So that's something to be aware of too, is that it's really rare that a new a new mom or new parent doesn't have enough milk. It's just that it's not full flowing. It's not in copious amounts. Um, Your colostrum is your first milk and it comes out, they say, you know, maybe one to two tablespoons in a 24-hour period. So it's thick, thick, sticky, rich. Uh, It's rich with antibodies. It helps line the baby's gut and take on the germs it's going to meet in the world, um, which is really important. It helps the baby pass its first stool. And it really is these tiny, teeny bits. And what part of early breastfeeding is really about is it's A, about getting that colostrum into the baby, and it's B, about building milk supply. So that's the other big thing we hear in the hospital really is, you know, there's a lot of, of you're just not making enough milk. And so moms, of course, you, that's the number one most important thing we care about, right? Like, am I giving my baby enough? Is my baby going to be okay? So the more staff that can be educated in what is a normal amount of newborn milk or colostrum, that would be really, really, really helpful. And then they usually, at least in our region, there's only one board-certified lactation consultant on the floor, and there's sometimes, you know, 25 to 50 patients. Um, The lactation consultant often only works nine to five, and of course, (laughs) we need lots of help. Babies actually breastfeed even more, often in the middle of the night, um, in the first few days. So that's really challenging. There's just simply not enough lactation care. So when when Boober gets texted, the average visit, you know, often they'll tell us about their experience in the hospital. And it seems to be that most expect, or sorry, most brand new parents get about five to 10 minutes of lactation help. And that's just, it's, it's really not enough. It's fine for the people for whom lactation is going just fine. And I do want to throw that out there that plenty of babies just breastfeed. <laughs> you know, not everybody has problems. Um, 
But when you are having problems, just a simple, you know, a person who's present and who can help a little with positioning. Um, that's one of the big things too, is, is new parents often place the baby's mouth a little bit higher up than and it's helpful, and it's hard to explain in a radio show, but we do want the baby coming from below the nipple and taking tons of areola and breast tissue into the mouth so that it doesn't hurt. That's the other thing. Everybody expects it to hurt because you've heard it hurts, and you've heard from your friends it hurts, and it can hurt. But pain is a sign that something's not going right. So if it hurts, that's a clear sign that we should grab, you know, the lactation consultant in the hospital ideally would be working with that mom and helping her get a better position and helping teach her how the baby should latch from below, not directly on and all that. Like sometimes I go to a visit. It's amazing. I just do a simple shift. I help move a baby down a few, you know, a few centimeters, one centimeter sometimes. And all of a sudden the mom's like, oh my God, it doesn't hurt anymore. I'm like, okay, great. You know, so there's simple, really simple education. And some hospitals are starting to do better. We're seeing some hospitals getting the baby-friendly certification, which is a certification that allows, you know, or requires that a hospital take all of these steps to ensure that if a parent wants to breastfeed, that they have the support to do so. But, you know, we're we're living in a time, I guess, when, you know, you, we don't have all of, so much family around. We don't see everybody breastfeeding all the time on the street. Lots of people are covered up because of our cultural kind of thing about babies and eating. Um, and, and so we are not able to just grow up and watch that anymore. And so I think it does, it becomes really far away. And, you know, Boober, we help people breastfeed. We help people not breastfeed too. I do want to say that, like not everybody is going to breastfeed. Not everybody wants to breastfeed. Some people are going to try really hard and it's not going to work for them. And, you know, Boober does a lot of visits to help people figure out a more optimal situation for them and whether that means supplementing um, with formula or donor milk or whether that means exclusive pumping. That's how some people feed their babies is that they're going to pump their breast for breast milk and give it in a bottle. Um, some people don't make enough breast milk and are going to um, need to use formula or donor milk. So there's a whole spectrum of, of people feeding their babies and it's really important that we feed the baby and we feed the baby with love. Um, and so this is not my talk about increasing breastfeeding and helping breast people breastfeed. I want to not come across at all as seeming judgmental. I, it's truly, I just talked to this mom the other day who said I was the first person who told her she didn't have to breastfeed. She was day five and she was in a crisis and she just didn't want to do it anymore, but her boobs were so swollen. She needed help weaning um, and figuring out how to do it. And she's like, you're the first person who told me I didn't have to breastfeed. And, and it was amazing, you know? So I think women really need to have to know their choices, right? You want to do what's best yeah. for you because everybody's kind of different. Exactly. But to, to have that support to, to kind of hear these different options because a lot of women are under so much stress and totally like, and pain. You really that, do. Yeah. Absolutely. And we want people to have choice. I think that my, my main issue with how the hospital is set up, though, is that it's like not really giving you choice if it's not informing you properly, right? So that's, that's where I'm like, I want to get that word out there that with help, if you get lactation help early, it can really turn your world around if you want to breastfeed. It can make all the difference in the world because if you're having painful breastfeeding, who's A, you know, going to be in pain? How many times a day do we have to do this? You have to breastfeed like 8 to 15 times a day. Um, it's a whole lot of, of breastfeeding that you're, you're doing if you're fully, if you are fully breastfeeding. And if it's painful, it's really not sustainable. And um, so one thing that helps when you get that pain shifted, of course, it makes it a totally different experience if you're having pain. But the other thing that happens 
is that pain is usually a sign of a poor latch. And if you have a poor latch, then you're not optimally stimulating the breast. If you're not optimally stimulating the breast, you're really not making as much milk as the baby needs. And so that results in either these incredibly lengthy, hard feedings, um, or it means that the baby's not going to gain enough because they're not getting enough from you. So fixing that latch early is crucial uh, to building the breastfeeding experience and really you know, building the milk supply. I mean, I guess, and the other last thing I would just say about the hospital and how they could really improve is that if they are going to tell a parent or if it's true that the baby's really not getting enough from the mom, then they should really be instructing them in protecting the milk supply. That's like the most critical thing of the early days of breastfeeding because it takes about three days of unrestricted access to the breast. So the baby will suckle at a at a new parent, at a mom for about 72 hours every one to three hours. And if they have complete unrestricted access to the breast, then most typically the breast milk in full form comes in at around day, you know, usually 72 hours around day three or day three to four sometimes. And there are cases where it takes a bit longer. But we really need everybody in the hospital and everybody who's talking to mom to say, if you're not going to be breastfeeding or it's not working or you're separated from your baby, let us help you pump. Because pumping is going to stimulate the breast when the baby is not so that at least by the time you start working on breastfeeding or when you get back together with your baby, then we'll be able to make sure that you have enough milk. And so that's really heartbreaking when people text us on, you know, day four, day five, and they go, well, the hospital told me, you know, the baby was just not not getting quite enough. And so they told us to use formula in the hospital. And I'll always ask, so what did they instruct you to do while feeding the formula, you know? And it's so rare that they were told to pump. So most of them aren't Mm. pumping during that time. And then they're calling saying, I really want to get back to more breast milk, but I'm not making enough. And we go, okay, so now we we meet them where they are, right? The lactation consultant will go over and, and there's no judgment what happened. It's just like, okay, where are you now? But as a professional on the other side and hearing these stories again and again and again and again, that's something I want new parents, you know, to know or expectant parents to know that they need to protect their milk supply if they want to have that amount of breast milk that they hope to have. So any separation from baby, any time of bottle feeding in the early days, they want to be stimulating their breast with, with a hand pump or a pump or, or hand expression to keep off that, that build. Got it. Thank you for sharing that because that's very important. And we're going to take a break and we'll be back in two minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Visit inspiredtohelp.net for help in feeling more grounded, centered, and relaxed using different energy healing tools. Lorraine Giordano works with women and men in person or via Skype or telephone sessions. You can sign up for a single session or try one of our discounted multi-session packages. We also offer three levels of Reiki classes. Find out more at inspiredtohealth.net. You can even book Lorraine for a workshop or speaking event. Visit inspiredtohealth.net today. Do you get a little nervous or hesitate to discuss topics down there that aren't talked about often? We hear you. Or are you curious to look at frequently discussed topics from a different perspective? Visiting inspiredtohealth.net opens up a whole world of discussion that you may not have known even existed. Lorraine Giordano offers a forum of open and frank discussion about those seemingly unmentionable topics down below. Visit now, inspiredtohealth.net. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are listening to the Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredtohealth.net. Now back to the Womb Happy Hour. Hi, everybody. We're back. This is Lorraine Giordano, your host, and we're talking to Louie's barking. That means a woman just made a booper connection. Yay! Jada, <laughs> <laughs> hey. um, welcome back to the show. So you Thank shared you. some really valuable, important ways to help get breastfeeding off to a, a good start, a really solid start, especially with what's going in, uh, going on in hospitals. So one question is, what's a good normal breastfeeding cycle for women to be aware yeah. of? That's a, it's a great question. It's really important for new parents to know how often is normal for a baby to request uh, breast milk or, you know, or eating or wanting to breastfeed. Um, so a newborn baby, like brand new, <laughs> straight out, they typically want to feed every 60 to 90 minutes. So that's literally every hour to hour and a half. And imagine if you're feeding for, well, let's say, a half hour, right? And then it would only be a 30-minute break, potentially, and then that baby will ask for more milk, and they'll show the baby cues, those signs that they want to feed, which we'll talk about in a second. But, you know, if parents know, that's totally normal. Yeah, the baby's going to ask every hour and an hour and a half. And if they do that, it doesn't mean you don't have enough milk, but that's the common response. It's normal for us to be nervous as new parents. Are we doing it right? Are we feeding the baby right? Are we feeding the baby enough? So I'm just here to tell you that it doesn't mean you don't have enough milk if on day one, your baby or day two is asking for milk every hour and a half to, to you know, every one to one and a half hours to three hours. It's totally normal because they're not only getting that colostrum, they're also signaling your body to make milk. That's the, you know, we say the, the real way that milk is made. It's a true, it's not a, you, know, you hear supply and demand system. We call it, it's a demand and supply system. So the baby mm-hmm. demands from you. It sends a signal up to your brain. Your pituitary gland makes the milk making hormones, oxytocin and prolactin. And that's what lets that milk to, to be created and flow out of you. And so, you know, just let the baby nurse whenever it gives the signal to nurse. You can never feed a baby too frequently early on. Um, if it's really hurting, that's a different story. But if it's feeling normal and the baby just keeps going back there, they're basically saying, hey, make more milk. Hey, I was born. Make some milk. Hi, I'm here. Make me milk. <laughs> and, and I have about three days before that full, full, full milk comes in. So, so keep, keep it coming. Um, so that's really important to know. You're not, you're not starving your baby early on. You know, you're giving them just what they need, those little bits of colostrum. And the baby cues, you know, you ask somebody, so what, how do you know your baby's hungry? And when I ask that in the class, it's, you know, a group of expectant parents who haven't really been around babies much usually, and almost everybody, you know, says crying. And we're all like, yep, crying. So crying is actually the last sign that your baby's hungry. Your baby will do tons of other things before it's hungry. And you want to feed it the first sign of hunger. So first signs are the baby just woke up. Usually, you can guarantee in a little bit they're going to be hungry within a few minutes. You'll look for lip smacking. Like, you know, they'll make little cute sounds like, 
You know, you'll look for the tongue sticking out of the mouth, coming down over the lips. You'll look for the wide open mouth that they'll start to stretch. You'll look for rooting where the baby kind of turns their head side to side, um, looking for a boob. You know, uh, a lot of parents have experienced or people have experienced holding somebody's baby for them, right? And then the baby turns toward your boob and you're like, oh, I don't have anything in there. <laughs> that's when you want to give the baby back. So that's the clear sign that they want to want to nurse. Um even when they're in rapid eye movement, waking up from very light sleep is a time that they will often just start to nurse if you put them nearby. But certainly soon after they wake up, we can fully expect for uh, the baby to start to be hungry. And if we miss those initial cues, like the mouth opening and the tongue and the um, and the wide open mouth, then then they start to get a little fussy. And you'll see them, eh, 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 They'll make these grunts and these grunts and these sounds and they get fussy and they actually, they get little fists, like their, their hands are super fisty and, and their arms are strong. And that's how, you know, when they're in that like strong arm mode and like, they really need to eat. And then if we miss that sign, then we start to go into the full blown newborn crying, which is that very stressful sound that nobody likes. I mean, I love babies. I still don't like that sound, of course, because we naturally, it raises our stress hormones because we are literally being told in the only way possible, the baby is like, I need food. I need it. That's all I can tell you. I need it right now. Um, so you're going to want to calm your baby down first, you know, soothe it, rock it, bounce it. Cause a starving screaming baby usually is going to have a harder time latching on actually. So you want to do other soothing techniques um, and then bring the baby down um, back to the breast to try again. But the best way to avoid that situation is just to try to feed in those early, early cues. Um, and that's one of the reasons, another thing in the hospital, a lot of people decide to send their baby to the newborn nursery. Um, that's a trend that we're seeing, we're moving away from. The baby-friendly hospitals that are designated that way, they have eliminated the newborn nursery except for special care. So... The idea is that if you do room in with your baby and the baby stays right near you, you'll be able to see those early, early cues, the cueing much more quickly, and then you'll be able to breastfeed more easily rather than if the baby is sent to far away in the nursery, um, then you have to wait for them to see the cues and they're watching lots of babies and they may not very typically bring the baby back till the baby is crying because it's not been on, you know, near a person or with you. And so the American Academy of Pediatrics actually recommends at this point that we do sleep in the same room as our, as our babies and that we're nearby uh, through the night so that we can hear the cues and, and feed them. And, and we do see, you know, they've shown a real reduction in SIDS and infant death syndrome from um, breastfeeding. And that's, that is important. There are a lot of, of benefits like that. So, um, if you do want to breastfeed, then you definitely want to ask, you know, is it possible to skip the nursery? A lot of people are not sending their baby to the nursery anymore. Or if you do decide to send your baby to the nursery, you really want to put a, a sign on the bassinet that says exclusive breastfeeding, you know, and make sure that you talk to the staff about bringing the baby to you at, at the earlier signs so that you can uh, get some optimal breastfeeding going. But then really, you know, I think it is all about getting help. I mean, and that's really, again, where Boober comes into to play is is knowing that, that people, new parents have a resource. They have someone they can text. And I think they love that they can just text. Actually, they always think they're texting a robot, which I think is pretty funny. I'll get texts like breastfeeding, you know, or uh, just interesting random, random things. And then I, I write back, you know, we write back like we're people. And we even offer to call. Not everybody wants a phone call, but I think a phone call when you're freaking out and kind of going like, what do I do? I don't know. Is this normal? Is really, it's really calming for the new parents. And, and we always say, you know, 
there, there used to be a village, it takes a village, all of that concept, right? We used to be in such a community. Historically, people gave birth around their sisters and their aunts and their other family members and friends. And, and you just had a whole network of support caring for the whole family. And now we're very kind of alone in our houses and our apartments. Isolated. And, um, yeah. and so we're kind of bringing the modern village to, to new parents, we like to say, you know, kind of creating that through technology. But we, we at Boober really believe it's actually all about in-person care. Um, there's a lot of, you'll see lactation services that are online, um, a lot of FaceTime kind of video chat services. And, and video is amazing when you can't get help in person, for sure, you know, um, and video is great for follow-up, but we really stand by if if we can get you in-person care, that's what we want to do because half of what we do is, is just sit there with you and listen as a person and, and hear you and validate you and hear your, you know, and just listen to what the experience of giving birth is like and what it's like to be a new mom or a new parent. And so a lot of it is that in-person touch, but then physically also being able to actually move the baby's position and work with the, the latch makes makes a huge difference to people. Because you so. can demonstrate and that's how someone can learn a lot easier. Right. Now, can I ask you a question about partners? Sure. Do you find that sure. based on your experience, like partners are, are becoming more aware or interested in learning about breastfeeding, how they can support their partner, um, oh, their mom, definitely. their mom? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the partners are super involved and it's great. When we do the prenatal breastfeeding education class, almost all the almost all the dads and partners come to the class, which is amazing. And we do specifically teach in our classes, you know, what can you do as a partner? And there's so much you can do as a partner. Um, so it's really neat to see them also at the visits with the lactation consultants. They're, they're very frequently, they are there um, because they can help with, with pillowing, like just literally mom's comfort where she's sitting in this crazy, weird, awkward position. And all of a sudden somebody puts a couple pillows there and reminds her that her shoulders are at her ears. And, and that can be really helpful. Um, they also are, are really helpful with, with adjusting the baby's position. Even like we really, I think it's really helpful to get the partner as involved as possible because the lactation consultants, you know, not going to be there forever, just a few hours. <laughs> Maybe they'll come back for another visit, but but most of the time it is the partner who's there supporting. And if the person doesn't have, you know, a postpartum doula or a mother or a, a friend or somebody else who's, who's done it before, most of the time partners, you know, and it depends, of course, some partners have a lot of experience with babies and maybe they have other um, babies or other children. But I do find that the partners are, are really, they're really into it. I think everybody right now, I think we're really in a place where people really want to breastfeed, but we're at this gap where, they want to breastfeed, but there's just not enough cultural uh, support around it yet. And and it's coming and it's almost there. And, you know, what I'd like to say, I wish that pediatric offices, like if every pediatrician also were trained as a lactation consultant, wouldn't that be amazing? Because you're going to the pediatrician all the time. They're not, unfortunately, it's not part of their training. But the exciting thing is we have all these pediatricians in the city who regularly refer to Boober now because they're so excited to know oh. they have a place to send somebody where they can they know that their patients will be helped on the same day. And so that's really been exciting watching that that shift and just seeing how many people do want to support it, even though all of the, you know, I, I, I hope like Boober wants to make inroads with hospitals. And we also, it's really important to us 
that Boober be able to help all sorts of people in all income ranges. And so, you know, we're looking into what are the different ways we can work with um, places like the Breastfeeding Empowerment Zone in Brooklyn, which is a neighborhood a few miles from me where the breastfeeding rates of lower income um, women in, in communities are, are just very low due to incredible barriers of support, even more, you know, barriers. Um, and so part of what Boober is doing is offering scholarships and training breastfeeding counselors who live within these communities so that they can be able to support people within their communities. And so that's, that's part of our mission to be figured out as we expand and, and move throughout the country. Um, it's a really, really important piece to us that we be able to help all parents because um, getting breast milk into babies can be life-saving, especially for preemies, um, really important. And um, breastfeeding in general I really believe if we can get more people breastfeeding for longer and the studies are clear on it, we would see such a shift in in maternal and child health in this country. We'd see lower rates of asthma, lower rates of high blood pressure, lower rates of various ovarian cancers and breast cancers in the mothers. Um, so there's a lot of, of benefits, if, you know, for somebody, but if, if the barriers are too great, then, it, then breastfeeding doesn't happen. And, you know, right now everybody... Like you said, on, on the Instagram, like I post a lot of stories when I work with people. I'll post p- pictures of people breastfeeding. And there's a, have you heard the term the brelfie? Um, which is what the breastfeeding selfie. It's oh, called a brelfie. Yeah. <laughs> so the UN recently came out with a, a, a piece. There was a story where it said UN, you know, endorses brelfies because when people are taking pictures of themselves breastfeeding and then posting it on Instagram and social media and it gets sorted around. It's so inspiring to other young people in different neighborhoods and different communities and different parts of the world that you're seeing this breastfeeding revolution, the more people that post themselves. So yeah, out there, if you're listening, you know, take a picture of yourself breastfeeding, tag yourself, tag Boober, tag it, get Boober on Instagram. We will share it. Um, It's really, it's fun when people do that because it's inspiring. I mean, I can't believe how many people actually have hired us from our Instagram stories. I'm like, really? You did that? That's amazing. That's wonderful. I saw this. Yeah. Like somebody's like, I saw this woman, she was struggling and you wrote the story and then she got, she she said you moved her to almost pain free in in a day. How is that possible? Um, So I want to try. So it, it does help inspire people when they see that. I'm hoping like 40, I don't know, 30 years from now, we won't have to post, you know, pictures of ourselves breastfeeding all the time because it's just eating and your baby's just eating. <laughs> it's the same as like me posting my, my dinner um, in a way. But on the flip side, it inspires people to feel like they can do it, and especially the moms who are really struggling with it. And also, you know, sometimes like today we saw somebody um, – who, who had a premature baby and who had a tongue tie and a lip tie and, and literally it's been four weeks and the baby um, had barely latched. But today I was there with the lactation consultant and using some nipple shields and there were tools and, you know, she bottle fed the baby and she did some breastfeeding. It was really exciting. So she's coming along um, and, and making progress and, you know, for people and on like that, that note, we're, we're really gonna, struggling. Shada, we're going to yeah, have to take amazing. a break. But that's a, that's a beautiful, amazing story. Yeah. Go Boober. So everyone, Thank go you. check yeah. out Instagram. <laughs> coming by. Yes, get Boober. Check out Jada's stories. And if you know someone, ask them to share a, uh, a pic, a breastfeeding yeah. pic. All right, so we'll be back in two minutes.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Visit InspiredToHelp.net for help in feeling more grounded, centered, and relaxed using different energy healing tools. Lorraine Giordano works with women and men in person or via Skype or telephone sessions. You can sign up for a single session or try one of our discounted multi-session packages. We also offer three levels of Reiki classes. Find out more at InspiredToHelp.net. You can even book Lorraine for a workshop or speaking event. Visit InspiredToHelp.net today. Do you get a little nervous or hesitate to discuss topics down there that aren't talked about often? We hear you. Or are you curious to look at frequently discussed topics from a different perspective? Visiting inspiredtohealth.net opens up a whole world of discussion that you may not have known even existed. Lorraine Giordano offers a form of open and frank discussion about those seemingly unmentionable topics down below. Visit now, inspiredtohealth.net. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to the Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredtohealth.net. Now back to the Womb Happy Hour. Hi, everybody. We're back. Hope you were able to take a look at getboober.com or take a look at some of the Jada Shapiro's social media uh, posts at Get Boober or Boober on Facebook. Um, all right, Jada, you are a wealth of boob information. It is a treasure. <laughs> You're a treasure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I need a shirt that says that. Wealth of boob information. <laughs> Here's to the boob. Um, so... You started Boober in 2017, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's fairly new. Yeah, it's fairly new. And it's making Sorry. a huge impact already. What positive outcomes do you hope to see as you grow Boober? Yeah, I mean, it's making, it feels so positive uh, right now. We've, because we've matched, we've matched almost 500 people in the last year, Um since we formally launched, which has just been so amazingly exciting. And um, the text, I guess the biggest thing, you know, being positively just on a day-to-day basis is when I get a text back, which is, oh, my God, thank you so much. Uh, we just got one yesterday. It was, like, life-changing. Uh, I don't know what I would do. My, my outcome, my outlook on life is so different. I mean, it's crazy. We get so many of these these texts, which just feel, it's, it's amazing. It really feels like, oh, my God, what a direct direct impact. Um, but I really do want to see, I want to see all expectant new families, you know, have that, that access to supportive healthcare because right now getting the lactation consultant, you do have to pay privately. Um, and, and then a lot of people are getting reimbursed by their insurance, um, but not necessarily everybody. And so you do need to pay upfront for it, which absolutely everybody cannot do. And I think that if we can can get that shifted and, and be able to serve all the parents who need this incredibly, you know, important service, that would make a huge impact. Um, it really, you know, I think that any initiative that 
supports breastfeeding, like I said before, it really helps reduce all sorts of things like maternal and infant death rates. You know, we will see lowering of postpartum depression, the more people that can have in-home care. I mean, that makes such a difference. If you look at other countries during postpartum, people have in-home care. They have a visiting midwife or a visiting nurse after they give birth. They are not left alone. In this country, we are left alone for six weeks um, with, with nothing unless you've hired somebody privately. Otherwise, you don't even see your OB or midwife unless there's a major problem. So I know that we can do things like, you know, reduce these these rates of infection and occurrences of postpartum depression, enable a more productive workforce, you know, reduce uh, landfill pollution just from bottles and everything that, you know, we don't need that as, as much um, and really reduce the annual medical costs and the out-of-work costs. That's a huge part of, of what happens um, from suboptimal breastfeeding is that babies get ill more frequently and then parents have to miss work and take care of the babies. And then we see, you know, mothers in the long run having more cancers um, and more illness when they're not breastfeeding as long. Um, so there are, are all of those things. And I guess, like, I, I'm just... You know, I think of this, this future where mothers and babies, like I write, you know, we say we want to see them as a dyad where there's not like a mom and a baby and we treat them separately. In the beginning, it's like we're, you know, kangaroos as a concept, right? Like the yeah. baby it was in your womb for three trimesters and then there's this thing called the fourth trimester and it's like a kind of external womb time. Um, and, and I would like to see affordable postpartum support and care for for all families, not just families who can can pay for it out of pocket right now. Um, so that's that's what I really want to see an overall healthier society. Um, if we can increase our rates of breastfeeding even a little bit, you know, I think that for the people who want it, and of course supporting the people who don't want to breastfeed, that is fine too. There are lots of wonderful things that you you nurture if you nurture your child and you feed your child with love. That's really the most important thing. But the more social and in-person and human contact that a new parent receives, the more the family can thrive physically and emotionally. And I think the more society will benefit. So, you know, I hope that, that Boober, we're, we're really moving into an expansion mode and um, moving into the next phase really as a, as a startup. And we're getting really excited because I've kind of, you know, done everything on my own this far, built birthday presents Um I, I did have a an early two different partners who I worked with for a long time, but, but both have left. And so like running birthday presents and, and then starting Boober and just hoping to bring on this amazing team and to be able to develop more technology so that we can do more in person and be able to reach more parents. Like I, I'm just so excited about the expansion to different cities. I get texts all the time from other cities, actually. Um, couple from Philly came in this month where somebody's like, can you, can anybody come down? I mean, is it possible to bring this to Philly? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think this would be so (laughs) helpful to go across the country now. Yeah. And I'm very excited for, to see it because it's going to happen. And, um, we're going to have to break because we've come to the end of the show. It goes by so fast. But Jada, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing all this wonderful boob information to help support new parents. Um, Sending you a big hug because it's such a valuable service that you're providing and so important. And thank you, you listeners. Oh, you're very welcome. And as you grow, you'll have to come back and and keep us updated. Absolutely. 
And to um, to all the listeners, thank you so much for being on the or for tuning into the show. And on next week's show, we're going to have Sherry Palm, who's the founder director associate association for pelvic organ prolapse support. That's also a topic that doesn't get talked about enough. So she's going to be on the show. And um, yes, so we're signing off. Thank you again, Jada. And um, to everyone, thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to connect with me, send me an email, info at inspiredtohealth.net, or find me on Facebook, Inspired to Health, or Twitter, Inspired to Health. And we'll be back next week. So sending everyone a big womb hug. And um, this is your host, Lorraine Giordano, signing off from the Womb Happy Hour. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for the Womb Happy Hour. Be sure to tune in again for another edition featuring your host, Lorraine Giordano, next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have an excellent week.